Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Mainland Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's almost time for the season to begin. Orlando City Season 2 is just about to get underway. And uh, of course, we are brought to you by TheMainland.com. I'm Michael Citro, the Managing Editor, and uh, joining me for this podcast is uh, a couple of Mainland staffers with me this week. We've got uh, Daniel McGann and also Andrew Harrison. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great. Excited for the season. You know, it's been a long wait, and uh, hopefully this year we go places we did not last year. Yeah, I can't believe it's been so long. I'm raring to get going. You know, Saturday's almost upon us for that last preseason game, so I'm excited. Yeah, well, Daniel, we will go places we didn't go last year because the other five teams in the Western Conference will come here this year and we'll visit those five that we didn't go to last year. So why don't we crank up this podcast, episode number 39, by uh, starting to talk a little bit about the preseason and what we've seen so far. And one of the things we've seen so far is that I remember last year the big thing was the team kept drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing in their results uh, in the preseason. And this year, with you know, there was a hiccup against Jacksonville Armada, but other than that, Orlando City seems to be on the front foot and and scoring goals and winning games in the preseason. And sometimes they've done it when they haven't played well, like against uh, FC Dallas, and uh, sometimes they've done it and played well doing it, like a Toronto FC game. So, um, does it mean any? I mean, we could talk about preseason till the cows come home, but it's still just preseason, and people say results don't matter. But does it mean anything for this particular team? to have turned those results in a more positive manner in year two? Uh, you know, I don't ever want to harp on preseason too much. People say it doesn't matter. I think it matters from a confidence perspective. Uh, you know, having that team mesh, uh, I don't think it matters so much on who's scoring the goals, but as long as goals are getting scored. Uh, you know, we had Hodge very score and, and Rivero, who we all know I love Rivero, uh, to the world's <laughs> end this, this past uh, match. But, um as long as the, the ball is being put in the back of the net during the preseason, you can feel like uh, the team is working in concert and you can you can start building that confidence as a team. Personal player confidence is probably going to be built 
uh, and that first game, right? Because that's whenever the, the everybody gets put in. That's when you see that starting 11. That's whenever you have people in the positions that they're going to be. You know who the subs are going to be. Um, so I don't want to harp too much on, hey, we have these certain guys looking really good right now rather than the team is building confidence and meshing together. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree. I think preseason doesn't matter, but what it is really good to see is get that feel for each other. You know, it has been a long off season. We didn't make the playoffs. So, and we've also got some new guys in there. You've got to learn the way they play. Um, it makes sense. It's been good that we've been able to grind out those wins because last year we weren't able to. We went down early and we just looked flat and defeated. So the mm -hmm. fact that we've been able to do that this preseason gives me a little bit of hope that we won't have those close games where we lose in the 94th minute. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the things we, we had to deal with last year was a lot of injuries. This year, already in the preseason, we've had a Carlos Rivas injury, a Brian Rochez injury. We've had um, uh, Devron Garcia has been injured. Uh, so, you know, those guys haven't been on the pitch. You know, hopefully everybody will be ready to go when, the, you know, when March 6th gets here. Um, also, the things that we, we t wanted to see going into the preseason, we wanted to see additions to the attack, I think we're doing. We, we did that. I think with uh, the the addition of uh, Kevin Alston as a someone who can push Rafael Ramos on the right uh, at the right back position. We've got uh, a new uh, midfielder on the way over here from Italy, who's uh, ostensibly a, a defensive midfielder, but more uh, like a Michael Bradley box to box guy who will, can quickly turn that defense into offense. Unlike what we've seen from. From Aguita and Saren, who quite frankly are very good defensive stoppers, but are maybe not as quite as adept at, uh, at starting the offensive breaks. Um, Breck Shea has been uh, playing mostly the left back position, so it looks like Adrian Heath really wants to make that stick and, and be able to, to utilize more players in the attack going forward. So this could be a very dynamic attacking team. What? Uh, let's start with you, Andrew. What? Uh, you know what excites you about the the way that the the team has looked and and the shape that they've taken so far this preseason. Um, I'm excited that they're kind of eventually adapting to Heath's style. You know he loves that one guy up front. So when you've got that person, you've got to have pacey wingbacks. You've got to have pacey midfielders um, playing every side of that park. Um, I like the addition of the box to box no Sereno um, because I think it allows everybody to push up as a unit. Um, and you need that to be able to challenge those center halves for that solo center forward. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're getting to see a lot of that in preseason. Um, I'm really excited that Breck is playing to his pot his potential and his level. Um, and I think we've got some really great opportunities coming up. And we've got some more level-aged heads on the team this year, which I'm excited about. Yeah, well, I, I have to reach out and say I'm excited about Kevin Molino, right? Uh, I mean, coming off of injury, yeah. mm -hmm. we weren't quite sure if he was going to be match fit. I mean, he's getting uh, first-half playtime starting in these matches, looking very fast, looking crisp on the ball. Uh, and if we remember that relationship last year between Kaká and him, it looked dynamic at times where they could play off each other with one-twos, making those darting runs, and Kevin could switch in uh, inside, Kaká roamed outside, and it looked like that was starting to bridge a relationship there that hopefully we can ca um, uh, capture this year. Uh, and it, you're talking to having Breck Shea on the, on the left side being in a set role, knowing where he's going to be, uh, pushing up if needed, and he can always play that left midfield role if Riva stays injured, if he has those leg issues like he's had in the past. Um, but also another attacker that we're not really talking about, you know, is Lorea. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's going to start the season yet, if that's that's been called with the senior side, but 
Um, from what we've seen, he is he is very quick on the ball. Uh, he's got the ability to play one twos. Um, I know some people when he was coming out of college talked about him being compared to Darlington Nagney. I don't see that so much. I see it in some critical situations. Uh, but his type of play on the on the left side, he might be a surprise starter uh, if Reba stays injured and he wants to keep Breck Shea back in the left back spot. Well, my thought there is that we're going to see these super draft picks uh, make the 18, and if they don't play, they're going to go play for Orlando City B. I think that's that's kind of what what Adrian Heath has in mind is is he wants to have those guys around, have them have them learning the game from the veterans on the team. But ultimately, they need game time, so they may be they may be doing the, the Melbourne shuttle, uh, you know, back and forth a little bit. Um, we haven't seen Kyle Lahren or Kevin Molino scoring goals in the preseason, and you know, you might say, well, you know, is that a red flag? But I don't I don't think it's anything necessarily to worry about. What I really like is I, I like that Kyle Lahren is more cognizant of of his all around game this year. He is going to take it seriously that he finished last season with no assists, and he's going to try to to be one of those guys who can play the ball back to his midfielders if need be. He's not always going to look to shoot, um, and I think that's going to help the offense overall. What else I think is going to help the offense overall is when a guy like Kaká or Kevin Molino find themselves double-teamed and cut off, they're going to have that late-running defensive midfielder in, in Nocerino to, to lay the ball back to for to you know to continue the attack. I think that's really going to be a, a dynamic part of the attack this year. So, you know, we won't know really until March 6th against Real Salt Lake what this team is going to look like, and maybe not even a little bit beyond that since Nocerino's uh, arrival is still yet to come. But uh, I'm pretty excited about year two. I think, you know, having Adrian Venter in camp the entire preseason is going to be helpful for him. Um, and, and I really look forward to, to seeing what these guys can do on the field. Um, why don't we turn our attention toward that March 6th opening game and first kick? The club, Orlando City, has uh, decided to fill the bowl again, and that's the campaign this year, fill the bowl again, and uh, the, the idea is to get that 62,500 uh, capacity Citrus Bowl rocking again on opening day. Uh, we're going to talk to our guest, in a little bit, uh, who's going to be able to, to weigh in a little bit more on that. But I want to get you guys' opinion. I mean, this isn't the best opponent for opening day that we could, you know, get as far as draw. There's not a lot of star power on uh, on Real Salt Lake like, you know, you had with New York City FC last year with a David Villa and a Mix Descarude, that kind of thing. Here you've got, you know, Nick Ramondo, I guess, <laughs> the big name, and, uh, you know, he's a fantastic goalkeeper, but maybe not the star power that we had last year. What do you guys think in terms of, we'll start with Daniel. What do you guys think is going to be the attendance and, uh, you know, can they do it two years in a row? I, I, I want to say they, they can, but I don't think they're going to. I mean, if you remember last year, uh, Phil the Bowl was everywhere in Orlando, outside of Orlando, the surrounding area. <laughs> I feel like uh, they're, 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 they're going this kind of half baked this year, expecting a big number because of last year, but it's not the same thing. It's not the, exa- exactly the same opponent at all. I mean, we have, uh, I don't know who we're going to look forward to, Kyle Beckerman, to seeing him. I mean, hey, that, that's fantastic. But uh, there's no draw uh, for that against the opponent. Um, and also, they're just, they're not doing the same types of things. I don't, I don't see the same type of activity, uh, social media, 
I don't see the same activity coming out on, on the news channels because it's the, the launch of the uh, of Orlando City and MLS. Uh, and it's a little upsetting because you can tie that back to, um, you know, some things that we've seen from our, their rewards with their season ticket holders and not kind of the, the same thing that we saw last year as well. But uh, I, I don't think they're going to fill the bowl. I think they'll, they'll have a good number. I think probably uh, mid-20s, um, but n- not much what? Not much higher than that. I don't think it's going to be wow. Oh, or I said uh, mid-30s, I'm sorry, not mid-20s, mid-30s. I don't think they're going to be higher than that. So you think it'll be lower than the Galaxy game last yes, year? Yes, I think 35 to 30, 38,000 makes sense. Wow, okay. I mean, have you seen anything on social media besides maybe a tweet here or there about fill the, fill the bowl? We're talking about the people that they grabbed last year were the casual viewers, the the, the kids downtown, the some high school players. We had they had so many free giveaways last year. The Lake Eola, the video uh, um, da- downtown that they had, the drops of free tickets. If you do did this or did that, they're not doing those same things this year. Well, I could say that I, I do see about every 15 minutes a tweet about it, <laughs> and uh, uh, I think and Facebook and, and that kind of thing. I think they are I think they are hitting the, the social media adequately. The kickoff week festivities are not. They don't match up one for one, but they're more adult oriented this year. Uh, so I think they're doing some of those things. But Andrew, why don't you weigh in and, and tell me what you think? I I'm gonna go on the complete opposite of that. I think they do sell out, but I think it's a technical sellout. I think they managed to offload all of the tickets to people through the events, but I don't think they actually get those people through the gates. So I think they can call it a sellout because all, ultimately all the tickets are allotted to individuals. Um, but I think we're actually getting like a crowd of 45 to 48 through the actual gate on the day. Um, I think that's going to be their marketing, which is we sold out. You know, teams have been doing it for a long time. You can say the tickets are all gone and that's a sellout. doesn't mean all those people have to turn up. That's true. Well, I, you know, I, I'm going to agree with you to a point. I'm going to agree that maybe we don't get – 62,500 bodies in the stands, but I think they'll they'll get the tickets out there. But I do think we'll see north of 50,000 on opening day in terms of bodies in the seats. I think we'll maybe even see as much as 55 to 57. I think they'll get close. I really believe that this this marketing crew is is very good at what they do. They're they're wrapping an awful lot of ticket giveaways into the events uh, coming up this week. There's going to be there's obviously the two for one. If you buy the the Pride opener, you get the Orlando City opener, and vice versa. Those two for one packages have been selling very well, from what I understand. And I'm not exactly sure where they are right now. Obviously, I think they're a little behind of where they were last year because they sold out last year with six six days, I think, before the opener. But um, I think they'll get there in name at least. And I, I definitely think we'll see a very very raucous crowd on the sixth, even if there might be a few empty seats at the top of the stadium. Uh, so, and Daniel touched on this a little bit about the the campaign about the we, we talked a little bit this about this before we went on the air the Society Twenty One thing, and you know there's some concern with some of our readers and some of our our podcast listeners about Society Twenty One being a big thing last year and not uh, and, and it's disappeared from the the, the club's website. It's not um, a primary thing when you when you open your season ticket package this year. It's not a it's not a, a well-known thing. I think they, I think they might have the Society 21 stamp on your, on your ticket card if you're a Society 21 member. But other than that, there's really not a whole lot of mention about it. Um, one of the things that we've talked about or we've discovered is that, and, and again, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, our guest will get into this a little bit more in just a bit, but that the Society 21 hasn't really been uh, 
as much as it's been downplayed, it hasn't been forgotten. It hasn't been done away with. There's still a Society 21. There's still uh, some perks for that. And I guess my main concern with the club is that this Lion Nation thing that they've launched for season ticket holders and, and then, you know, subscribers, I guess, are going to come on board as well. Uh, you don't have to be a season ticket holder as long as you're a subscriber. But I don't think that the Lion Nation thing is either either A, it's not fully formed yet, or B, it's fully formed, but it's not being fully communicated to to the fan base. And I want to start with Andrew here. What what are your concerns with this, and what do you think this program is going to end up being? I, first of all, I think my biggest concern is that they have lost the Society 21 um, ideology. You know, the ideology was you, you were there from the start, you got rewarded the more you stayed a fan, the longer you became stayed a member or a season ticket holder and of course Mm -hmm. those numbers would go down over the years as people moved away we live in a very transient city um, Mm -hmm. and that would become more elite I feel like the lack of information about that situation and then all of a sudden Lion Nation really just being like pushed upon us I want to say a little bit all of a sudden we hadn't heard anything about it there was no real like precursor to it coming out and all of a sudden we're told this is what it is. And all of a sudden it goes from being that elite program to it's available for everybody. You can buy in. And that makes me a little concerned because I feel like the club did such a great job of trying to make everybody feel like a family the first year around. And then Mm -hmm. this time it's very much, well, you know what? Okay. We didn't get you that first time. We're going to get you the next time. And that, that kind of hurts a little bit for continuity and loyalty. Daniel. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 a little upset uh, being Society 21 uh, myself, and there's my elitist in me, right? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this year from the season ticket package, of course, you know, I don't, I think we all agree it was a little underwhelming, um, and then also a little upsetting that Society 21, there's nothing even really about it. I mean, I don't understand uh, if if I wanted to be a season ticket holder last year. One of the main reasons, or one of the main reasons I chose to be was because of that Society 21. It drove me because I felt like that was going to reward me moving forward every year uh, that Mm -hmm. I'm within the the program and I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, And I thought it would actually be more exacerbated whenever I move over to Pride tickets or OCB tickets. Um, And I I don't see that plan in in place. I see an all-inclusive rewards right now, which is what they have, without Mm -hmm. that next level. Um, And, you know, supposedly... They can build that in, but uh, there's there's not a lot of dissemination or communication about that, and it's kind of just leaving us all out there wondering, uh, you know, is there still something for those guys that have been faithful for all these years? Yeah, to me that's the big thing is that it's it either seems like it's a not fully formed yet, or b it's it's fully formed, but they're not get they're not getting the details across to us just yet. And I'm not sure which one of those it is. And that's a little alarming, I guess. But um, I, I do have faith that they're going to eventually, you know, communicate the details of this thing. I don't know whether that will, you know, placate the, the Society 21 folks or not. I mean, I, my sense is that, you know, obviously you're still going to you're still going to get your name in the new stadium, folks. It's still going to happen. Uh, they can't. That's not a thing that you can promise people and then just yank back. Um, that would be. Uh, uh, the gateway to many lawsuits or class actions. Yeah. So I don't think that's, that's not even on the table. So if you're concerned at all about your name being in the, 
in the new stadium if you're uh, Society 21. Don't worry about it. It'll be in there. Um, but, you know, this is a thing where because I don't know what Lion Nation is exactly, and I've watched the video like five times on the on the website, um, because I don't know exactly what it is, I just it just sounds very high-level concepts. Um, I don't know what that's going to translate to to the season ticket holder and, and how that's going to differ from a subscriber. And then there's always the – there's that question. You know, if if some people get this as an add-on and other people are paying for it, should there be a two-tier system? Because, you know, maybe it should even be weighted the other way. These people are paying specifically for Lion Nation. Maybe they're the ones that should get the extra rewards. I mean, uh, I don't really know how I feel about it. I guess that's – I'm. I guess in all honesty, that's how I'm approaching this is that I don't know what to think of it. And that is, I guess, what's uh, disappointing and, and maybe it makes me a little bit nervous about it. Uh, and, and, and just this is a completely slightly off topic thing. You know, the thing that upset me the most was I lost my black supporter section card. Oh, no, no. Mm. What, what, what is it? Purple it's this just year? purple like everybody else's. Yeah, okay. And I feel okay. like that... You're so elitist, Andrew. I am maybe not being elitist. I just feel like that was one of those things that was like such a big thing last year with the supporters section, was that the card was black. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know what, we'll just kind of make everybody look the same. And I think that also is damaging to the support brand that they're trying to bring in. Well, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I guess... What is it? The, the What is it? The band... The, the, is it the not the Mastercard? Uh, what is it? The Amex. The, the Amex. The the yeah the black Amex. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that that's kind of a. I didn't even really think about it um, last year. I don't think it was immediately apparent to me that the that the supporters had a different color until I I had seen some of the other ones. But I, I didn't even think about it this year that it was a different color. But that's a good point. It's just one of those things where I opened it and I was like, oh, it's not even black this year. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, maybe it was just psycho psychologically, I just felt like it was another one of those things that I'd lost. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd been given so much the first year, and then yeah. it was just one another one of those things that got taken away. And wow, did you go have a drink after your uh, unboxing of your season tickets? <laughs> I mean, you're getting this VR box, please tell me you have an iPhone and it fit in there, because my Samsung, my Note didn't even fit in there. I couldn't use it. I had to borrow have... my fiance's iPhone. I have not even tried. I haven't either. I, I haven't either. I just, I don't, I, yeah. I mean, like the first thing when I saw, okay, you have to download an app and then you have to put the phone in the box. And I'm like, I didn't even get past step one. I like, download the app. Nah, yeah. that sounds like too much work. Wait a minute. You have to download an app? Get out of here. You have to download Probably an app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's got an app these days. Uh, That's hilarious. So, you know, we can we can moan and we can complain and we can, like, sit here bewildered. But we could also just bring in a guest who knows a little bit about some of this stuff and we could ask him some questions and uh, see what he has to say on these topics. All right, joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast, very happy to have uh, Chris Gallagher, Senior Vice President of Sales, for Orlando City, joining us, uh, Chris. How are you tonight? Doing well, guys. Thank you. So, obviously, wanted to have you on. We've got uh, just over a week until opening day, and um, I guess my first question is: How is the fill the bowl again campaign going? And are we going to get that second straight uh, season opening sellout? 
So the fill the bowl campaign uh, again is it's, it's really been going well. Uh, the, the fan support has been amazing. I mean, we 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 consistently see uh, what Orlando City means to the market and, and obviously the, the the fans what they mean to the club. So uh, right now we're on pace. I mean, it's looking it's looking good. Uh, we've got we've got some work to do before um, Sunday, March sixth, but. Everything's looking good, and, and we're, we're confident that uh, it's going to happen. It's just um, you know, these next few days are going to be important, but we're feeling, feeling good. Chris, Chris, how different – this is Daniel, by the way. How different is it uh, this year when you're t- looking at the Pride, when you're looking at uh, Orlando City and also B-Side as well, um, uh, trying to, to sell and market for all three uh, clubs within the larger club, right? Is it, is it more difficult or are you finding it – uh, a hard time, or is it finding it that it's engaging uh, more of your 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 the 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 members and the uh, maybe Society Twenty One guys that's been around for a long time? Are they more engaged with across the product, or are you bringing in new people to Orlando City? So I'd say this: the internally, one of the challenges, of course, is to to stay focused on a on a certain product each uh, without with all the staff. I mean, we're we didn't really staff up after we added two new teams. Uh, it's been more of the current staff uh, just just taking on, on more of the load and, and, and going going after it. So uh, so internally, it's been just making sure we're focusing on the, the right product at the right time. Uh, and, and not to mention the three teams, but also the new stadium coming online. So that's another another piece of the puzzle that, uh, that everybody's been working on right now. And as far as the fans go, what's what's interesting is, and this this actually goes back to when uh, when we're talking about pride in particular. If you, if you look back at the U.S. Women's National Team match against Brazil, uh, all of that data that we acquired uh, for that match, uh, when we cross-referenced it with our current database, seventy uh, percent of it were brand new leads to our database, brand wow. new fans. Uh, so, so we we had heard that uh, after talking with Portland with the the thorns and the timbers, uh, so we we weren't terribly surprised, but it, it did just show us that you know what these are these are different fan bases, and we 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 have to adjust the way we market and how we go about it. I think uh, the the good news in all of that is. Orlando has soccer fans, and, and, and we feel like we've got uh, a, a great product across, across the three teams that uh, we're going to see just a, a lot of people enjoying the game, growing the game, uh, and that's, and that's a, a big part of what we're trying to do as well. And, and this is what, when, when Phil brought the, the USL club here years ago, I mean, it's, it was all about growing the game in, in you know, the North America uh, is, is getting there. We're, the, the league is solid. The league is expanding in MLS. NWSL is expanding. Uh, USL certainly is, is growing by leaps and bounds. So uh, we, we feel like we've, we're in the right spot. The fans have been beyond uh, what we could have even imagined uh, with, the, with the support. And, and I can tell you, when we walk into the office every, every day, uh, it's, uh, we, don't, we don't forget that. I mean, it's, it's, it's about having fun. It's about coming out to the games, about being entertained and being with friends, family, coworkers, whatever it may be. And, um, and, and, that's, and that's what we want to do. And, and it'll be, you know, when you add up all the games we're going to have this year, it'll be over 40. So it's going to be busy, a busy <laughs> year, but, uh, but a fun one at that. 
So full disclosure, Chris and I worked together in the with the staff of the Florida Panthers Hockey Club uh, in the early 2000s. And this is a little bit different. Now you got to sell for three different professional teams at the same time. Uh, let's talk some numbers. Now you obviously the the season tickets are sold out for Orlando City. You're expecting a sellout for opening day. What can you tell us about season tickets uh, for the Pride and OCB? And what kind of crowd on opening day are you are you targeting for those two teams? So um, the, I, I'm always on your guys' site. Uh, but I was poking around there, and I saw that Alex Morgan is uh, is just saying that we're going to be averaging fifteen thousand a game. So, yeah. um, you know what 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 Alex wants, I guess Alex will get. Uh, so, but uh, all all kidding aside, um, we we look at Portland as uh, much like we did when we were going into MLS. That was a club that we looked at and said, you know what, there's a lot of similarities uh, with with us in Portland. Uh, same kind of market size, only. Uh, one other uh, major professional team in the market. Uh, so, you know, Portland's got a season ticket base that is just north of 6,000. Um, you know, we, we look at, uh, we look at our fan base and say, you know what, that's where we, that's where we need to be. And we're, we're pacing well to get to that number. Um, so we feel like we're in a good spot there. Um, from a, from a uh, attendance wise on a per game basis, uh, I don't, you know, Alex Morgan's idea of fifteen thousand. I don't think that's a crazy idea either. Uh, it, it, we, we, we all, I asked um, you got know Lenny Santiago of VPA Communications, and I sent him a note yesterday. I said, Hey Lenny, ask the NWSL what the biggest crowd is that the league has ever had, and it's a you know, fairly short history. And, and to no surprise, it was a Portland match uh, last year of twenty-one thousand and change. So when we roll out on April twenty-third with the prize. That's the number we want to beat. We want to go after that. We want we want to make a splash, just like we did with the MLS club. So, uh-huh. um, so again, a lot of work that's going to happen in the next, you know, roughly 60 days for for Pride to kick off. But uh, what we have seen is now that the you know the MLS club is, is playing uh, and soccer is in the market, uh, Pride sales have have picked up even more. So. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, keep selling season tickets. There will be a time when we'll go ahead and start selling single game tickets as well. We know there's going to be a any, any Orlando City season ticket member that I've spoken to, uh, if they're not buying season tickets, which we certainly hope they do for the Pride. But if they're not buying Pride season tickets, they certainly said, "Hey, we're coming out to several games uh, throughout the year." So we imagine April 23rd is probably going to be one that they're going to mark on the calendar. Uh, not a not a bad uh, soccer match when you can see Alex Morgan and Carly Lloyd face off against each other, so that's exciting. Uh, so looking at uh, as far as OCB goes, uh, earlier this month, uh, it was uh, February 7th. It was actually the, the same day as the Super Bowl. Um, we had what was a uh, I'm sure you guys are aware of this a close a closed door game over there with Orlando City against uh, Eastern Florida State College on 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 the campus of uh, the Titan uh, Complex there. And we had the entire stands were filled uh, for that for that game. It, it, the the Harbor City Hooligans came out in full force, um, and that was that was really incredible to see because for us Floridians, it was a cold day. It was a cold, windy day. There were people out there with their jackets on and their gloves and hats. So maybe a little overkill for for uh, you know for, for people that are from other places like like you Michael knowing that you know your Ohio ties there and me living there as well. But but anyway, uh, I was really impressed with the with the crowd that came out. And so we we expect us we expect to have you know strong crowds there too. And 
the the organization as a whole, we never like to do things half speed. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go at it uh, really hard for all three clubs, and it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna get tiring at times with the with the staff kind of uh, you know spending time over in Melbourne and coming back over here for Pride and and Orlando City matches, but. Uh, but it's all it's all moving in the right direction, and it's, and it's it's really great to see. And I think it's a testament to the uh, the, the solid uh, fan base that's across Central Florida. You know, Chris, uh, I want to I want to speak to what it sounded like you were talking to a, a little while ago, which is you know the engagement across the board. But we all know that you can engage as many people as you want, but you always want to retain those individuals from year to year. That year to year retention is very very important. Uh, last year, you had a Society Twenty One program. Uh, for the initial season ticket holders that looked like it was a program that was going to roll uh, continuously from iteration to iteration, for, so from year to year. Um, we, don't, we haven't heard much of that uh, this year, but we see the, the new launch with the, the season tickets this year coming out with the VR boxes. What was, what was the thinking behind that, and are we going to see Society 21 come back uh, at some point in the future? Is it still a conversation with an Orlando across the board, uh, either in, in you know, Pride, uh, OCB or Orlando City's uh, senior side. So, so, so uh, Society 21. So Society 21 was a great program last year, and and, I, and we got a lot of great feedback on it. So certainly we aren't um, going to just turn the page and say that's that's it for Society 21. Uh, you you have seen that we've teased the Lion Nation program, mm -hmm. uh, which is the the membership program that we're going to be uh, launching here pretty soon. Um, as part of the Lion Nation program, all the Society 20 members, Society 21 members that are currently season ticket members, uh, will be a part of that for free. Uh, they, it'll just be part of their season ticket package. And the benefits that we will roll out with Lion Nation uh, will there will be a lot of similar ones to what we had last year with the different on-field experiences and and different uh, you know, go to a training session, have a lunch with the coach, that kind of thing. Uh, so we'll have those. It'll be a point-based system. But what happens is the Society 21 members will always have more points. They'll be given more points than anybody else that's part of the group. So there's always going to be uh, that Society 21 piece of it that puts them uh, ahead of others. And, and we also will make good on the promise to have all the Society 21 members um, in the new stadium as far as their, their names will be in the new stadium. We'll figure out exactly where we're going to do that. Um, but that'll be something that'll certainly live forever with the club. So, so yeah, we we uh, we take the Society 21 piece of this very seriously because that's the core. That's the group that uh, they a lot a lot of a lot of that group was with us in the USL days, and 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 then of course that group grew tremendously going into MLS. Uh, and we we really look at those experience pieces of of what we do as that's the, that's the kind of stuff that creates memories. So. We can't turn our back on that. We can't stop doing those type of things because we know if a, if a, a father brings his son down to the field and is down there for warm-up, that, that, that young kid is going to remember that the rest of his life. And, and that's where I think some of the other sports leagues maybe have lost their way a little bit when it comes to that. And I certainly don't want to see us do that because of the importance of, of again, creating those experiences that will be memories for, for families, friends, and uh, just for, for, for you know, the rest of their lives, hopefully. You know, Chris, I, I, I cringed a little bit when you said you're on our site because I did the season ticket package unboxing the other day, a video. And, and, oh, I saw it. I saw it. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't 
you know, <laughs> as kind as I was last year about it because I'm just an old fogey. The VR viewer really doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, and and I've I mean we we've, we've talked to some folks who either they they can't get it to work properly or they're or it's blurry or it gives them a headache or whatnot. What was the I, I mean obviously you guys really put your heads together to try to think outside the box and, and give a unique gift this year. Uh, but what went into what goes into the the selection of a of a season ticket holder gift and and um, you know what would you say to those folks that maybe came away a little underwhelmed this year? Right, I, I understand. I, I I watched your video, I did, and I and I and I remember yours from last year. So I appreciate the good word you said last year, and and I'll 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 take the uh, you know the, the what you said this year too without without a problem. Um, we've known each other a long time, uh, but so I I say this: we as a club, and I th- I think I think everyone that has seen the marketing efforts of Orlando City, I, I believe they'd agree that the, the, our marketing team does a does a darn good job in, uh, in in how they market the club, and so. Mm-hmm. With season ticket member gifts, you know, I've been doing this 22 years now. There's, there's always the, the challenge of, okay, is, is this going to be something, you know, 99% of the people like? No, probably not. It's going to be, um, a situation where you're going to have, you know, the, the overwhelming majority like it, but then, then, you know, you're going to have some outliers that don't like it. Um, so when we, when we looked into what we're going to do this year, I think we, we try to pride ourselves as, as a, you know, trying to be a little edgy with different things we do. And, and the, these VR, the virtual reality uh, viewers are, are something different. Um, we feel like it'll be content that we can continue to push out to the, the fans throughout the year. Um, I will say that we, we have gotten some, some, definitely some really positive feedback too. Um, and and not to, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We've gotten some negative feedback, just like just like um, you know the, the the video that you have on your site. Um, but I think it's it's trying new things. Um, I don't think this club is ever going to be uh, afraid to try new things and see and see how they go. Um, and and we continue to listen to our fans and get the feedback. Um, this one this one at the end of the day may or may not be a home run. I'm not sure, but. Um, I, I don't think we regret going after it and saying, hey, we're going to do something different. We're going to go ahead and, and try and, and do something that others haven't done. Uh, and, and maybe it wasn't the most traditional gift, but I think it was uh, something that, that's fun. And, and, and again, we, we definitely have, have gotten some good feedback on it. And I, and I, I wasn't going to – you said it yourself, so maybe it is that you just saw an old fogey, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I... – I, I always try to be fair, and I, I do appreciate you know when the club goes for it and tries to think of something different. And yeah. you know, and, and I said in the video that, that maybe it's just me, maybe it's you know, <laughs> obviously not everybody is me, and not everybody has has my experiences. And some people probably were very very psyched when they heard about it because I only when I got the with the, when I got the email the day before the package arrived, that's when I actually first found out that this thing even exists. So okay. I was like. <laughs> I was trying to play catch up from the from the beginning, right? And I, right. And uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, you get then you get the box and it's less, it fits inside of last year's box, and I was, I was just a little underwhelmed. But I, I, ex, I expect the team to go for it, especially the inaugural year, and I, I was, uh, as blown away as possible by last year's package, and and this year's, you know, again, it's a personal thing for me. It didn't quite get me as excited, but I'm sure other people are. Are pretty excited by it, and I just, I, I just wanted to try to cover the bases and, and ask, because 
you know, there are other people out there like me, and then there's people that are like, you know, what do you, I don't know what you talk about. This is the most, you know, awesome thing since sliced bread. But uh, I appreciate your candor and, and you answering the question honestly. And, sure, yeah. and again, we'll, we'll, we'll never, ever, ever uh, criticize a team for trying something new, even if it doesn't work, because I don't think that we any of us want to just, you know, get the same old, you know, re-gifted, repackaged stuff year after year. It's 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 nice to know that the that the team is putting some thought into it and and you know trying to be creative and that's uh, that's something that we applaud. Uh, so Chris, uh, you know, I I really appreciate your time tonight. Um, probably kept you a few minutes longer than I anticipated tonight, but really appreciate you weighing in on the you know the the ticket sales and how they're going with the Pride and Orlando City and Orlando City B and and I know you're going to need this. Um, with three teams to sell and a new stadium uh, conversion coming uh, all the luck in the world to you and your staff this season. And um, Chris Gallagher, senior VP of sales for Orlando city. Thanks so much for being on the mainland podcast. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Well, that will just about do it for uh, episode 39 of the mainland podcast. We want to definitely thank our, Special guest, Senior VP of Sales, Chris Gallagher uh, from Orlando City. Uh, he's got a pretty tough job, uh, you know, just normally. And then you throw in uh, an NWSL team and a USL team on top of it and say, hey, um, yeah, we're going to give you two more professional sports teams that you have to market and sell for. With the same amount uh, of people, right? With uh, the same amount of people, yeah. Um, so, you know, good luck, <laughs> good luck, Chris. We know you're going to need it. But we also know you're going to do a great job. I, I thought last year uh, being able to put up the numbers that Orlando City put up last year was amazing. I was uh, it it definitely defied my expectations of of what the city would draw, you know, what Orlando City would draw in year one. And uh, the the key though is to keep that momentum. That's the hardest thing to do, and that's what we've heard from you know fans of, of Portland and Seattle and Montreal and Toronto and, and those teams that we've we've heard. Yeah, you, you're going to have a big push the first year, but then then the tough part comes, and, and that's keeping that momentum going. And I think that's largely up to Adrian Heath and his players this year, is, is, is if this team is successful uh, on the field, I think they'll be successful off the field as well. Um, what do you think, Daniel? Well, I mean, this year, if we're doing bold predictions for the entire year, right, Michael, or do you want to just talk to opening day here? Well, we're just gonna we'll get to our bold predictions in a minute, but I, I'm just I'm just asking you, you know, what you think in terms of the the fall off. Do you think there'll be a fall off uh, in average attendance? Do you think they'll stay uh, about where they were? Do you think they'll grow? Do you think that the on the field product has anything to do with that in year two? Well, again, I lowballed them uh, for the opening day earlier in this, and uh, just because I feel underwhelmed uh, as a season ticket holder, I feel underwhelmed as an Orlando City fan as a Pride fan, as an OCB fan so far. And it's not that uh, perhaps it's due to now you have the same amount of people on this marketing and, and ticket team, and you have two more products to put put out there in the, the marketplace, which makes that even more difficult. So maybe they're a bit strained from that, and are we seeing that as fans right now? I am. I, I don't think we're going to see the same type of attendance we did last year uh, up front or throughout the year. Uh, but, then again, it, it comes to the product, right? Uh, if if Orlando City's winning, um, then you're can, you're going to see spikes in attendance because they're winning. And if they're going to go in, if they're taking a race at the playoffs, you're going to see the same thing. Same as uh, same long, same lines with the Pride as well. If the Pride are, are winning, and Alex Morgan's at every game, and she's she's healthy, and 
you know, there's a good relationship between the clubs, uh, then you can definitely see some good attendance there. Um, but it really uh, underwhelming so far, so I'm, I'm going to tie it really down to wins. I'm not going to tie it to where I think Orlando will see a drop-off just because there is so much more soccer available to people this year. Um, you've got those different fan bases that go to different types of games. You've got the purists mm-hmm. that are going to love that USL game. Um, you've got people who are really interested in women's soccer, and then you've got the men's team. And I think there's not necessarily going to be enough space and time to see all of those games, and people are going to pick and choose a lot more, and so I think ultimately they will see a drop um, just because there's so many more options available for people nowadays. Um, I think if you get some solid wins under our belt and we get some points earlier, you may see it remain steady, but I I think they're going to really have to play well to get the kind of average attendance that we saw last year. All right, so you're you're saying this is not yet the ca- soccer capital of the South. Uh, let's also not discount the fact that there is a Copa America uh, to be played this summer in Orlando. Three games uh, coming to Orlando in the group stages. And while there may not be the most attractive <laughs> matchups of the tournament, they, they still should sell very well, and I think they're going to be very exciting. And I am looking forward to attending those. So uh, soccer at a high level on the national scale, you know, these – these uh, when these South American teams start playing each other, things get a little bit crazy. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so let's get into some bold predictions for 2016 because you know we're going to start going to this weekly, and you know next week I, I think we should come to the table prepared to talk about the opening game against Real Salt Lake. But uh, while we're still a week and a half out, maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, things a little bit more abstract in general. Uh, I'll start with this. Um, Bold predictions that I'm going to make this year. I think we should all make, try to make two or three of these. Uh, I'm going to say the bold prediction, Orlando City makes the playoffs. That's my first bold prediction. I think they're going to do that. Uh, I just think that somehow they're going to stay healthier and keep less guys from getting suspended. And that's going to translate into enough points, I think. And, and if, especially if, if Kevin Molino stays healthy for the full year, I just don't see them dropping enough points to to fall out of that top six. I don't see a lot of improvement in many of the teams that we were battling with last year. There's been some improvement, but I also think that I think people are a little bit underestimating what Nocherino is going to bring to this team, or maybe I'm overestimating it. I don't know. Uh, so that's one one bold prediction. Another bold prediction I have is that. I don't think Kyle Lahren will match his 17 goals from a year ago. I think he's probably going to be somewhere in the 13 to 15 range, but I think he'll be a more complete player. And I also expect more uh, work up top to come late in games from Brian Rochez. I think we'll see more minutes from him, and I think we'll see maybe even some minutes from uh, first-round pick Barry out of UCF. He's he's certainly found the net in the preseason, and uh, I think that – having a few guys that can come in and, and spell Laren at the end of the games will maybe uh, cut into his goal situation a little bit. But I think he'll get some assists this year. So I guess those are my two bold predictions. Uh, Daniel, why don't you give us your bold predictions? Uh, one, uh, the goalkeeper that will be starting uh, for Orlando City on the last game this year is not on the roster right now. Uh, wow, that is bold. That's one of my bold predictions, and I I want to say bold prediction number two is I think this team is is more 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 depth leads to a better season, and that was our conversation 
all year last year was we had death across. We didn't have death across the board. When an injury came up, we were like, who's going to fill this position? Is it going to be Lewis Neal? Is it going to be Avila? And yes, it was always it was always Lewis Neal. <laughs> Wherever it was. I mean, but this year we, we have death across the back line. Uh, Redding's getting better at, at center back. We have death now with no Serino coming in. You, it doesn't matter about international duty when that happens. We have depth out on the wings. We have depth up front. I think this team is built for a playoff run, uh, and I'm going to go a little bit further than the, the just a playoff run, and I think we'll get um, down to the semis. Uh, I don't know much further than that. I don't want to go crazy. Uh, but Orlando City looks like they have the type of, of, of depth that's needed for that deep playoff run in MLS. Andrew. Okay. I, 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 one, I think, I'm kind of going on Michael here, is I don't think Laren ends up as the team's top scorer. I, I think with the ability to distribute and a lot more possession and pace going forward, I think other people get opportunities, and I don't think he is the top scorer. Uh, and my other one is going to be, I'm not too sure if it is that bold, but I think that we sell either Saren or Hagida in the summer. Mm, okay. yeah, I think one of the what, don't don't one of those players really have to go now. I mean, um, mm, uh, I don't have to. I think that I think that it, right now I would say Adrian Heath is is more leaning toward a four three two one situation. Uh, but I also think because of, of international duty and some suspensions and some injuries, I think you're going to see No Torino is going to be that super mid sub. I mean, he's going to be like the, the new Lewis Neal in that he'll play various midfield positions. Only the difference is he's not going to miss from three feet in front of the net. Um, if he we gets don't know that. Or, or pass back. <laughs> well, we don't, pass it back we don't know that. Time. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. We don't know that for a fact. We just suspect that how can this guy have been making as much money as he was if he's a Lewis Neal. Uh, we love you, Lewis. We really do. Um, my last bold prediction, I'm going to make one more that I just thought of while you guys were talking I predict that somehow Tony Roca is going to play on the senior team at least five games this year. Oh, okay. I, I think he's been very impressive in the preseason, and I think he's opened a lot of eyes, and I think he's one of those guys that can provide the depth that if guys are missing, I don't think Adrian Heath has any problems uh, giving that spot to him. Okay. So there it is. There's our bold predictions. We'll come back at the end of the season, and we'll burn this tape <laughs> uh, so that it never happened. <laughs> uh, so that's it guys that's it for uh, this edition of the mainland podcast we're going to get back into our weekly uh, schedule because the season is is here I mean we are we are just 10 days away as we record this and as you guys listen to this nine days or fewer away from the from opening day and uh, we'll have actual soccer games to talk about soon we'll have tactics to talk about we'll have lineups you know did should this guy have been playing? Why Why was this guy in the lineup? Why wasn't this other guy in the lineup? You know, the, the fun things that we love to argue about on a week-to-week basis. So um, I guess we'll pull the plug, call it a, a day. And uh, we, again, want to thank Chris Gallagher for coming on the program to talk uh, ticket sales for Orlando City, Orlando Pride, and Orlando City B. By the way, we really talked all about Orlando City, and we've still got a ton of uh, of preparation for the USL and NWSL seasons. So we will be talking more about the pride and we will be talking more about OCB as we move forward. Uh, but until that time and until next week's episode 40, I am uh, Michael Citro on behalf of Andrew Harrison and Daniel McGann, our mainland writers. Uh, we're signing off saying go city.